fuimos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1. Uh, got a nice relaxing beat here for y'all in the background. Everybody come on down, get your popcorn ready. Make yourself comfortable. Make yourself at home. Welcome to my world. And here we are documenting this journey that I'm going through. So come on down. Uh. We're going to start by giving a special shout out to all my friends and family. All my loved ones, all of your loved ones. All of our audience, our listenership from the Middle East to Europe to Asia to Central America, the Caribbean, the United States and Canada and everywhere else abroad through the Internet. So that, you know, start the day off right with you guys, you know, kind of um, put everything into perspective. As always, we all have many, many things going on. Um, just for conversation's sake, I'm going to check the stock market real quick. I'm going to check um, teletrader.com. And um, just so I could kind of get an idea of what's going on. But um, not interested in the market. I'm more interested in the actual news. And um, for some reason, wow, for some reason on my portable platform, it doesn't give me the full, like the full um, article. But let's start you off with that first, and then we'll proceed in today's programming. So for the interactive portion of today's program, please log on to Teletrader.com, our sponsor of the day. And the name of this article is titled, NASDAQ Leading Losses at Close, Inflation in Focus. I definitely want to see what they're talking about, because inflation is incredible right now. And I just want to get a quick two cents in as far as inflation. It's funny how part of the government says that we're not in a recession. And then certain political parties and representatives of certain political parties use that as a negotiation tactic. So which one is it? Either we are in a recession or we're not. In my opinion, we have been in a recession for the longest time. But that's another conversation. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that. So let's see what this article says. And this article is, of course, brought to you by Teletrader.com. It doesn't credit the writer here. It doesn't credit, which is weird. But let's, let's move along with this, um, with this article. Major United States markets closed lower Tuesday as investors weighed disappointing corporate news 
ahead of tomorrow's inflation data. Earlier, memory chip maker Micron cautioned that revenue could be lower than its previous forecast due to macroeconomic factors and supply chain constraints. During the day, market participants received updates from Microsoft, Walmart, and Ford. App Levin offered to buy Unity software for $17.5 billion, and NVIDIA CEO assured the company is not planning layoffs after a disappointing preliminary financial report. Finally, Biden signed into law the Chips and Science Act and the ratification papers for the accession protocols to the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, for Sweden and Finland. The Dow Jones lost 0.18% at the close, with Salesforce sinking 3.95%. The Nasdaq 100 fell 152 points, or 1.19%, while Zoom Video decreased by 8.24%. The S&P 500 declined to 0.42% as Norwegian Cruise Line dropped by 10.86%. The euro improved by 0.11% against the dollar at 3.58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, selling for 1,020.85 cents. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so now let's move on to the fun part. Let me just go really quickly back to the news. Let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. Um, oh, this is a big one. Let's check this out. Pelosi praises court ruling on Trump's tax returns. The United States House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday hailed Today's ruling, give me one second, give us a little bit more base. Okay, let's bring that back from the top. Once again, please log on to Teletrader News on Teletrader.com. Pelosi praises court ruling on Trump's tax returns. The United States House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday hailed today's ruling made by a federal appeals court, according to which a House panel was allowed to gain access to former U.S. President Donald Trump's tax returns. The Democratic-controlled House Ways and Means Committee has been trying to obtain information about Trump's tax returns since 2019. The ex-head of state argued that the request was political in nature and that it should be dismissed on those grounds. We look forward to the IRS complying with this ruling and delivering the requested documents so that Ways and Means can begin its oversight responsibilities of the mandatory presidential audit program, Pelosi said in a statement. Trump has seven days to appeal the D.C. Circuit Court on the appeals decision. Hmm, very interesting. I'm just going to go back to the first screener here. Um, let's see. Microsoft cutting expenses. Oh, Pence. It's a lot of political stuff here. A lot of political stuff. All right, let's get back to Wall Street. I just want to put you guys up to date so you kind of see what the temperature is of the market. 
Wall Street lowered pre-market on quarterly earnings. Major stock markets on Wall Street dipped below the flat line on Tuesday as investors kept an eye on corporate earnings. The negative sentiment is seemingly driven by weaker-than-expected preliminary quarterly results by NVIDIA the day before, as well as other major American companies, earnings that recorded losses for the second quarter of the fiscal year. However, Warner Music Group Corporation revealed a revenue increase in its third quarter earnings by 7% on annum. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped by 0.15% at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time. At the same time, the Nasdaq 100 and the S&P 500 plunged by 0.64% and 0.39% respectively. The euro was 0.21% up against the dollar, going for 1,021.77 cents at 7.53 a.m. Eastern Time. Not too bad. Mm. Okay, let's go into this Biden Science into Law Chips and Science Act. So let's check that out real quick. See if we get the full remark here. Once again, please log on to teletrader.com forward slash news. Biden signs into law CHIPS and Science Act. The United States President Joe Biden signed into law the CHIPS and Science Act on Tuesday, which according to the President will enhance American efforts to produce semiconductors and create high-paying manufacturing jobs nationwide. During his remarks, Biden mentioned the bill provides $52.7 billion in funding for the United States semiconductor industry. Output and another $200 billion for scientific research. At the same time, the country must regain its leading position in the sector worldwide, surpassing China. Fundamental change is taking place today, politically, economically, and technologically. Added Biden, this bill is about more than chips, it's about science as well. Okay, so let's move on. What else we got? check the markets in Europe for my European listeners. Europe closes mostly lower after oil flow stops. Stock exchanges in Europe were mostly lower at the end of the session of Tuesday after the flow of Russian oil from Ukraine to Hungary. The Czech Republic and Slovakia has been stopped earlier in the day over sanctions against Moscow. Elsewhere, Rishi Sunak one of the two candidates for the post of the United Kingdom Prime Minister spoke about potential energy prices issues his country could face. The docks lost 1.12% at the close as HelloFresh dropped 7.19%. The FTSC 100 rose by 0.08% at the end of trading with its best performance by HSBC up 1.61%. The CAC 40 in Paris closed 0.53%, lower with ST Microelectronics falling 5.13%. The euro was 0.26% higher than the US dollar at 5.29 p.m. Central Eastern Time, 
33 points. The pound was flat compared to the American currency going for 1.2086 a minute later. So for all my international investors, um, let's go with Nvidia. We're gonna we're gonna go to Microsoft after Nvidia. We're not gonna focus on Pelosi and Pence. I don't I don't want that in my program. But thank you for offering those those articles. So. Moving along, NVIDIA CEO sees no layoffs despite revenue drop. And here is the report. And by the way, we're going to be doing a module after I do my monologue. So here we go. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang picture told employees there would be no layoffs even after the company meets its targets. Revenue dipped as per its preliminary financial report for the second quarter. Insider reported on Tuesday, citing an email sent over to 22,000 employees. So what does this mean for us? Do we have a layoff? No. Instead, we have given raises to take care of your families, as all of you are facing sky-high inflation, he wrote. He further claimed the company will improve in the future and that they will hold investments at current levels. We will exercise extreme collaboration, a hallmark of our culture, finding every opportunity to leverage and reuse. We will find and eliminate all wasted time, process, and material, he wrote. Very cool. Shout out to NVIDIA. Um, when I was in the, in, the, in the Bitcoin mining business, there was a point where you could have used graphics cards. And when it became hard to buy ASICs, then people were building rigs at home. All right, let's go. Let's see what Walmart's about. Walmart explores deal with Paramount, Disney, and Comcast. Walmart has been in talks with leading media companies over the inclusion of streaming entertainment in its membership service. The New York Times reported on Tuesday, citing three sources familiar with the matter. In the past few weeks, senior executives from Paramount, Disney, and Comcast have been in contact as the retailer considers which movies and TV shows would add the most value to its membership package, Walmart Plus. The said package currently costs $12.95 per month and includes free shipping for orders, discounts on fuel, and a free six-month subscription to Spotify Premium. At this moment, it is not clear if any of the streaming companies are decided to reach a deal with Walmart. Very cool. Okay, so we'll go to Twitter and then we'll finish with Microsoft, okay? So here we go, Twitter. Twitter users report out outage. Down detector. Around 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, users reported that Twitter was experiencing outages, according to outreach tracking website downdetector.com. More than 32,200 users reported problems with the platform, of which 47% said they had issues with the website, 43% within the application, and 9% of the reports were server connection 
failures. Technology's moving. Let's, let's peep game. Technology's moving. So we'll finish with Microsoft and I'll double check if anything else came in. Okay. So Microsoft Corporation is reducing its expenses. The Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday, citing unnamed sources briefed on company plans. The tech giant is reportedly focusing on decreasing the budget for business travel, outside training, and team gatherings. Meanwhile, Microsoft suspended new hiring in some sectors and has announced it will reduce its workforce by less than 1%. Very cool. So very quickly, let me just refresh here, make sure we haven't got any new, any new articles. And um, let's move on to... The Mind Tools Corporation. We're gonna do a module. I'm just going to um, I'm just gonna uh, have everything here. Skill area for hold on. View all resource. I'm just gonna key everything here. And um. I may have to use my platform. I don't know. This is basically like an online university. Kind of like the one I had told you guys about before. And um, of course, they're going to make me sign up for this. So let me sign up really quickly. But um, I got a lot coming up for you guys because today's going to be one of those days. No, no, no. This is the wrong thing. Let's see if this worked. It's not showing me here. Enough for some reason here, but let's see. Oh, I want to jump on that new iPhone too. We're gonna do a segment on that new iPhone for you guys. Hmm. Let's go to leadership skills. the next for power let's see not bad this will be a nice quick read for you guys here wow this is excellent we're gonna do a few articles here but we're gonna do um we're gonna do we're gonna do expert power i'm gonna bring that up for you guys so let me let me cue that in before I start my repertoire with you guys. Once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in.
to the VR1 NFT podcast, and you know I'm your host, VR1. This is what I do. And just to give you a quick background, I, I try to do it in every program as possible because we're on Spotify and we're on, uh, on Anchor.com. We always have new listeners. And um, it's always good to keep everybody up to date because we're busy. We're, we're entrepreneurs, you know. Um, a very... You know, small percentage of my listeners are there every single day, you know. Um, let's go. Okay, there we go. I just want to have this queue in so when we go right to that segment, we could go deep because I'm going to go deep. We're going to go deep today. So, put on your running shoes. Any day now, internet, any day now. Okay. Yep, we're going to do this article here. Perfect. So now I got to cue it in. So I'm going to try to do one or two modules with you guys. So for all my entrepreneurs and my mentees, welcome, welcome, welcome. Also, I want to announce that we're going to have the Hispanic version, the Castellano version of the show which will be basically, we're going to also teach English as a second language, but um, we're going to go through the module in a university format, and then I'm going to go back and forth between English and Spanish, because what I'm going to do is, we're going to do the modules, then I'm going to translate them, and we'll put them on the Hispanic channel, on the Latin channel. So, I need to also queue up here on my motherboard, my um AK where is it HD Yeah pull up my playlist here <laughs> this is like thirty minutes but um Let's go to, I'm going to take you guys abroad. We're going to go look at the most beautiful cityscapes. <laughs> uh, I'm travel the world with you guys. All right. So, very quickly, very, very quickly, let's um get this ready. Before we do the module. I am going to travel with you guys throughout my beautiful mind. And I'm going to explain to you the premise that I was referring to earlier today. So once again, to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Today is August 9th, 2021. So whether you get to listen in today or later tonight, or tomorrow morning for my people in Europe and across the globe. Um, even if you hear it in the future, you can use it to kind of, um, what's the word, reflect on how the market is shifting, how the market is doing, which I am going to talk about the market when I finish. Or should we talk about the market now? Yeah, let's get the market out the way. So long story short, this is my, my personal opinion on the market. 
out of all my investments, which are currently at a, a dead stop, meaning this is the first time in my life as an entrepreneur that I've seen all my portfolios just come to a screeching halt. I've said that probably in the last three or four months. Now, the last time I saw a downturn on the market like this for my investments was probably 2016. So we're talking about an eight-year difference. So I say about every two and a half years, one of your portfolios will, will experience some type of challenges. And, um, you know, that's just from my personal observation because I remember 17, you know, my $20,000 Bitcoins were doing exceptionally well versus now you have a peak of about 60000 and um, now everybody's contrasting. Oh, well, it peaked at sixty grand. No, it doesn't work like that. But um, I would say this is an economic downturn beyond a reasonable doubt. And um, the only investment that I see that's moving forward is still technology. You know, and this reminds me once again of a time where everybody's major in college was computer science or computer engineering. You remember that? And then those people got wiped out because they were not entrepreneurs. They didn't control their destiny. So what ended up happening was that they basically found themselves in different industries and different careers, and they really couldn't manage in the shift of, you know, everything that was happening in the world. So in a sense, I want to better prepare uh, my mentees, my business partners, all my CEOs and entrepreneurs that tune into the program, that find the time of the day when you're commuting to work or when you're traveling abroad, you know, from Europe to Asia to the Middle East to Central America to the Caribbean to Canada. You know, you're always on the move and you're essentially protecting other people's investments because you are Fortune 500, because you are representing a corporation that may have tens of thousands of employees. So the decisions that you make are very instrumental in the survival of the people that are part of your culture and also are affected directly and indirectly in your industry. So my main focus, of course, you all know, is blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, which I call digital assets. I never really liked the term cryptocurrency because we all understand that it's cryptographic data, right? We, we know that that's a feature of it, but that's not exactly what it is. Same thing with the metaverse. The metaverse was a term that us power users, we kind of coined because we understand the process of what it really means to be a power user. And now everybody's using the term metaverse to describe like virtual reality or anything that's immersible. Because of course, Facebook, you know, they copyrighted the name and what a great way to fucking market yourself. That's like when music went from vinyls to CDs and I start a corporation and I call myself the CD company of Tennessee. You understand me? I just cut and undermine everybody off in that industry. Now, I'm doing 
the exact same thing being a pioneer with NFT technology. Out of all my investments, that's where my money has been the best protected. And even though digital assets such as Ethereum took a huge loss, I want to say 54% loss, my portfolio is still outperforming everything on the market. And now I'm buying the dip. So now I'm going back to reinvest into NFT technology. The premise of this podcast, when I started it, the goal was number one, always to be conversation style. It started as a communication tool that I used to solve problems for investments that I had. I use this as a means of communication with my business partners. Um, my first sponsor was Cloudbreaker, the wine. It's a Moscato. And um, my favorite is from 2013, 2014. But um, I used golfing as a way to diffuse arguments between some of my business partners. And... Part of it was successful, part of it was not. But for me, it was a learning experience nonetheless. So when I started the podcast, I quickly realized that my business partners started to network and communicate with my other business partners. And even people that you guys may use the term employee, I never liked that term. I never believe in belittling people and taking away from what they bring to the table. So everybody that I am around, that I work with, are my business partners. And I treat them as such. I know what it's like to come into a company, make a minimum wage, and work your way up to be a business partner. And I've done it many, many times in my career. So little by little, those new personnel became mentees, and they all realized long-term that my friendship and me mentoring them went way and farther beyond than the context of me helping them scale, expand, and grow a business, or scale, grow, and expand their portfolio, or diversify their investments, or just give them advice on life. There were businesses that I was involved with for three, four months. But then these guys have been my mentees for five, six, seven, eight years. Eight years ago, they didn't think they would still hear my voice on a podcast, hear my music, and know that they could pick up a phone and email me, call me, text me, or write me at any moment. There's times where you're developing a business and people take it to heart. Like, oh, this guy... He owns 40% of the company and, you know, he thinks he's the full owner or whatever. You hear stuff like that. But then, you know, you grow the business. You know, I normally, I cash out my part of the business. I get, I get liquefied, I get bought out, and I move on to the next business. And then people look back at their investments, their portfolio, how their life has changed, how their life has evolved. And they look back and say, man, this is, this is the guy that made me a millionaire. This is the guy that helped me. He gave me the insight. He put me onto the real game. 
he was teaching me the language. He was showing me the way. He was giving me the path. Sometimes it takes for you to reach success to fully understand that and grasp that concept. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Everybody's business um, etiquette is different. And the way that people manifest themselves, the way they communicate is completely, completely different. So in every business investment, I'm able to tailor my experiences with what the investment needs because the bottom line is the numbers. I speak for those that cannot speak. I make moves for those that cannot make moves. I always say this term, and I'm going to say it here today. I don't care about adults. Adults can take care of themselves. If you're my business partner, my concern is your wife and kids. My concern is your parents. My concern is your aunts and uncles. My concern is all the people in your family that depend on you, that you may not realize that they're such high priority. But when we're making business decisions, it is a high priority for me as your business partner to make sure that we make the best fucking decisions in business and in life while we are business partners. Even if it's a limited liability corporation, even if we're just building the business to sell it for a profit in the future. The decisions that we make before, during the process, and after when you actually sell the business is extremely important. So... This gives you a little bit of background of why and how I actually started the podcast and it just became a success because I was able to show everything that I was doing in the background, behind the scenes, developing businesses in real time. The same way I communicated with my business partners and my employees and suppliers and this, that, and the third and people that help with marketing and people that help with this, that, and the third. Now my mentees were getting the same feed. They were benefiting from the same input, and they were able to make it their own. All I could do is give you the foundation. Whatever you do with that, it's on you. I take pride in telling people that are close to me, listen, if you know me, and you know me for more than a year or two, and you're not a multimillionaire, there's something seriously wrong with you. Because if you pay attention and you watch what I do, all the clues and all the answers are there. Success leaves clues. If I'm telling you, take this business course, it works. If I'm telling you, read this book, it works. It costs you nothing to try it. A little bit of your time, a little bit of effort, and a little bit of willingness to be open-minded. Sometimes you got to have the mind of a child. You got to be willing to make a mistake and learn from it and not be afraid of what people say, think, or do. That's how I learned. I'm coachable. Wait a minute. I didn't know success was a study. I didn't know wealth was a study. you telling me you could teach me this? Can you please teach me how you became successful? If we're playing golf, can you teach me how, how you made that, you know, that perfect shot? Can you teach me how you you know, secure the financing for your first business? Can you tell me about your first business deal? Share it with me. I'm coachable. Can you tell me what are your favorite books? What are the most influential people in your life? Who are your mentors? What school did you go to? Do you have any of your old university books? I don't care if they're written in highlighters. Can I have them? 
I want your old books. See, most people don't have that mentality, and that's why they don't get to the millions of dollars. For me, it's like a race car being able to change gears. As a musician, right, I can be an entrepreneur at the same time. Doesn't mean I'm just going to focus my mind on music. I'm an excellent artist. I would love to tell you about my career, but I could show you better if you go on my website and you see all the music that I create every day. At the same time, I can change gears and be a label owner, a holdings company CEO, a founder of a foundation. And I can also negotiate very, very well and put everybody under a contract. You understand me? I can create a portfolio and start with a budget and multiply that portfolio. I'm able to do all of these things because I'm able to change gears. I could tell you who are my favorite artists as far as paintings, who are my favorite musicians in all different genres of music. What are my favorite movies? What are some of my favorite writers? What are the best places I like to travel to? There's so many things that I'm able to, whether I'm in a pair of shorts or in jogging pants working out or doing meditation and martial arts or if I'm in a business suit in a business conference, I'm able to do all of those things. There's no reason in 2022 going into 2023 why you cannot be the CEO, the artist, the entrepreneur. This whole podcast, I decided to focus on NFT technology to show you the premise that I keep referring to. I wanted my podcast to be conversation style. I wanted to mentor people, and I wanted my program to be absolutely for free. I wanted this experience in teaching, which I have many years of teaching experience. But in this format, I'm giving it to you in a future-proof format because audio will be huge five, ten years from now. Remember that I'm telling you. You're talking to an insider of technology. I understand technology. I own a technology company. And let me tell you, I made a huge investment in technology, expecting to secure a huge contract, and it didn't even pan out. You know what everything led me to? It led me to NFT technology. It went right past Bitcoin and Ethereum and the blockchain and right into NFTs. And then NFTs morphed into this matrix within itself where now I'm investing in ways that sometimes I feel a little prevy to explain. Like, I'll give you a basic example and hopefully you guys can apply it because I'm never going to say this again in any other of my podcasts or any other interview that I do as an artist. I got on BandLab through a family member. BandLab was a concept that I thought about for years, but I was unable to execute it because I didn't understand that you could bring different elements of technology on one format. So what is BandLab? BandLab is a social community comprised of musicians, real-life musicians, what we call underground, you know, the artists that are independent, and they do their own shit. And on top of that, 
it gives you some of the most powerful music, production, recording, mastering, and engineering software at the palm of your hand. You're talking to an artist that developed himself from 0.0000. You're going to put the power of Pro Tools in my hand, and I'm going to give you two or 3,000 songs, which I already have. The same thing happened with my NFTs. I found um, places such as Sotheby's um, where I wanted to start my initial collection. I did everything in my power to reach out to them. I wasn't able to secure a deal, but I acquired knowledge that was much needed. I moved on to OpenSea.io where I started my online store and I focused my entire network all my computing power, all my hardware, software, everything I've been working on, programs, everything, and I integrated it not only into BandLab and connected it to all social media, but also to my digital service providers for my record label and back to my store on OpenSea.io. So not only am I an artist that has a sales uh, platform online on OpenSea.io, which is the biggest marketplace for NFTs, for the real underground creators, like the, the niggas that's really, really about this shit, right? And I don't mean niggas in a derogatory way. I'm just telling you, I'm able to change those gears. I could speak to you like a gangster. I could speak to you like a gentleman. I could say nigga. I could say gentleman. It doesn't matter. Same shit to me. Computers work on zeros and ones. Transistor on, transistor off. Transistor neutral. Transistor pulse. That's it. Those are your parameters, right? Now, I'm creating the NFTs, and I'm directly investing in Polygon, which is its own decentralized blockchain project, because that's what it is. So not only am I endorsing it, I'm investing in it, millions of my own dollars. For every NFT, I own a portion of, of the network. How many people do you know can tell you that? A very small amount. My prediction, 1.65% of the world population. I'm the first artist on the blockchain with an entire NFT collection. The music industry trembles at the thought that I do an interview with a big enough platform. The collection that I have, incredible. And with the new collection that's coming out, man, this is my 100x growth. I'm about to show you 100,000 more times more power this year, 2022. I am a true pioneer in this industry. Nobody that's an artist is better equipped to explain to you what this technology is. Not only am I releasing my music and it's already on the blockchain, I own part of the network. This is why I said I'll never mention this again. Part of me wants to start a record label and put, you know, whatever, whatever NFT records. But I don't want to undermine all the other artists because there is enough for everybody to have success. 
so long as the artist, the entrepreneur, puts in the time, the dedication, the hard work that it actually is going to take to be successful. And you know, when I was going to do my monologue, I wanted to talk about that because I wanted to take a quick pause right there. I've given you too much. We need to get to the module. So I'm not going to forget about all of you guys. But um, this is one of those forks in the road. As the business is being developed, I wanted to show you in real time everything that I'm doing, developing my company. You see, people are going to be able to look back at this podcast. My goal is 500. Gary V gave me a goal of 500 episodes before I can tell you what's working and what's not working. Before I can make that assessment, I'm probably at 10% of that goal. That's a goal that I plan to accomplish within the next year. That's an 8 to 12 month goal starting now, August 2021, August 9th to be exact. Next year, I look forward to celebrating with you guys in the anniversary. I have a brand new NFT collection coming out. I got a worldwide tour coming out. I got movies, film, modeling, merchandise, digital platforms. I got my own cell phone. I got my own sneaker. I'm working on a lot of fly shit. And I'm sharing it with you guys as I'm going through it. I don't want to just go on a worldwide tour, giving a seminar about everything I've done and everything that I'm working on and doing TED Talks and cars and coffee and just talking about the stuff. No, 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 no. I don't want to sell you a course, which I have friends that are really good people, man. They have some excellent courses online, but they're paid. And every entrepreneur is not necessarily in a position financially, especially right now, to afford to pay $100,000 for a course, $50,000 for a course, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, people like Dan Pena, which is my uncle, my real uncle in real life, $50 billion man. You know he's worth more than that, probably like $500 billion to be truthful. $500 to $800, maybe $900 billion. Billion with a B, okay? To go see him, you're going to spend about $150,000. But with the knowledge you're going to leave from, from Guthrie Castle, you're going to be able to secure $20, $30, 40000000 million of financing, for your venture. That's a small price to pay if you're willing to take that $40 million headache. I'm working towards that goal because my, my mentors, they're already operating at $20, $30, 40000000 million range. To impress them, I got to do 150 or better. That's a very high standard. That's a high standard, man. We're talking real business. We're talking... Real corporations paying taxes, having payroll, employees, products, due dates. You got to have uh, uh, shipping and marketing and logistics. And you got to deliver when you get a contract from a Target, Walmart, a Kmart, a Best Buy, etc., etc. And these are just physical, you know, brick and mortar locations. What about online? You got to do Amazon numbers to impress some of my mentors. I cannot hold myself to a lower standard, nor can I hold you to a lower standard. And from what I'm seeing, our commercial break is coming up in a few minutes, and we may have to do the module 
um, in another segment, which will be segment number two. But even today, when I started this recording, my entire purpose was to let you guys know what I'm facing as far as like challenges right now. You know, I have this huge tour. All the stars are lining up. There's still a few things that are kind of straining themselves out in business and in my personal life. And I'm full steam ahead. There's very little things that can change the trajectory of where my ship is going. And the biggest challenge has been a challenge that is invalid to a certain degree because it's an emotional and personal challenge. I want and desire for everybody that I love and is close to me to understand what the fuck I'm doing. And the truth and the reality is, as much as it hurts, they don't have a clue of what I'm aiming to do. And I can no longer waste my time, energy, my effort, my discipline, all of my hard work trying to educate people that don't resonate with this investment, this technology, this opportunity. It's a waste of my time. And it hurt me. You know, I had to change my approach, and I did. And now, I'm more at peace. Even this podcast. This podcast will be uh, male-chimped to the entire world. What's the percentage of people that will open it and listen to it? It's a very small percentage. Because people... They claim that they want success with their words. But with their thoughts are insecurities. And with their actions is procrastination. Or unwillingness to commit. So because they cannot commit themselves to anything that's solid. They can't commit to an opportunity like this. And... I can say that I've moved forward and out of 100%, I'm 95 or 96% confident in all the decisions that I made. And now when I hear entrepreneurs, you know, give their TED Talks or talk to you about their books and their courses, etc., when they speak of these things, now I fully understand what they mean. I fully grasp the concept of I get it. Some people are like myself. We're builders. We're putting deals together. Even in this tough economy, even in these tough times, we're still pulling through. See, all my other investments, they're on pause. I'm not taking a financial loss unless I sell those investments, right? Unless I no longer commit to riding out the storm. All my advisors that are, you know, 70 and above have told me, hold, ride the wave. And when the, the clarity and the sunshine appears, sell at the highest point. That's my strategy. At the same time, all my technology investments are geared towards success. And, and even bigger success than that 
loss that I've taken because of the value of Bitcoin and Ethereum. So that puts a lot of shit into perspective. And it definitely builds character. But now I'm well versed and I'm well trained for this because I've been through these turns, these down economic terms. I understood the market crash of 06, 07, 08 because I lived it. And I still came out on top. I made millions of dollars after that. So now, not saying that it didn't happen in between 07, 08 and now 2022. But I can already see, regardless of this uh, market pump and dump, which is really what it has been. It's really the hedge funds buying the dip. That's why they're devaluing shit like Bitcoin. So they can come and swoop it like hawks. And people are not seeing the play because they don't understand business. They don't see what's going on. First, they gave you the pump and dump at the highest peak. Now they devalued it. So now all you guys are selling all your Bitcoin. So now these juggernauts are coming and scooping it back up at a discount. Well, guess what? The percentage ratio of that 70% loss, and I'm using really, let's say, 75% loss. The gain when the market reaches its highest point again is going to be 400 to 600%. So for every 100,000, when you lost 75, you hold on to that $25,000 residual. When that shit peaks back out, you're going to be cashing out at five, 600,000. Those are numbers that I cannot take the chance of, of rejecting. Even if it goes up 200% from the original baseline, which would be, let's say, 100000 you're still looking at a $100,000 profit. That's still 30% above any bank, any financial institution, any way you slice it. I dare you to slice it any way you want. Whether you're talking about a $25,000 Bitcoin or $100,000 investment in four Bitcoins that are 25000 or, or, or two investments on two Bitcoins that were 120 at their peak. That's it. You want to go 200% on, on, on uh, 25 grand, you're still looking at 75,000. You're still above 15,000 from the peak of Bitcoin as far as we've seen it since 2017. This is why you have to pay attention to my podcast. We'll be back with segment number two. All right, now, as promised, I think for today, I've alimentated you guys enough. This is your alimony right here. This is one of those bonuses for going through this process with me, okay? For the interactive part, the second interactive part, of today's episode, please log on to MindTools.com or download the MindTools app on the Android Marketplace, on, on the Google Play Store, or on iTunes. So, the name of this module, and it's under Leadership Skills, is Building Expert Power. You know, I had a client tell me, and one of my business partners agreed that you don't pay me for what I do. You pay me for what I know. 
And when we're talking about expertise and expert power, that is my forte. Okay. Earn respect by developing expertise. If you're already a leader, do your people follow your through? A fear and respect. Let, let me rephrase that. Build an expert power. Earn respect by developing expertise. If you're already a leader, do your people follow you through fear or respect? And if you're aspiring to lead, how will you get the most out of your team? The power of position, the power to punish, and the power to control information can be risky to wield. They push your team members into a position of weakness and can leave you looking autocratic and out of touch. Your team members will likely not enjoy being lorded over and may even attempt to undermine you if you use your power simply as a show of strength. Fortunately, there are three types of power that are much more positive. Charismatic power, referent power, and expert power. Of these, expert power has to be earned and requires a great deal of energy and focus to maintain. But it tends to be longer lasting than other forms of power and more rewarding as a result. This article explores the steps that you can take to build your own expert power. Defining expert power. You gain expert power when you show a high level of knowledge and a great level of skill that people around you see need, and want. They will likely come to you for advice and want to follow your lead. Unlike power that depends on your formal position, expertise is personal to you. Anyone can possess it, no matter what their level or grade within their organization. You might be the sole member of a team who understands a particular software program, for instance, or the go-to person for industry knowledge. Why expert power matters. Expert power is a great asset to have. It provides leader with a robust power base from which they can manage people confidently. According to management professor Gary A. Yuki, expert power is more important than reward-based or coercive power in leading people effectively. If you have expert power, 
your team is likely to be more open to your efforts to guide them, and you'll find it easier to motivate them to perform to their full potential. Expert power can also help you to get noticed, which allows you to craft a higher profile role. It can help you to build up your own personal brand and increase your influence and reputation at work. Expert power doesn't just benefit you either. Your expert or your expertise means that others will naturally look to you for direction. They will put their trust in you to make wise decisions and produce good results. At the same time, they'll learn from your unique skills and experience when they work with you. But remember that you will need to constantly develop those skills and knowledge to keep hold of that expert power. How to build expert power. Building expertise is no easy feat. It can be a time-consuming task, but ultimately, it's a worthwhile one. Research has shown that it can take at least a decade to build up expertise. Some argue that it takes as much as 10,000 hours of deliberate practice to become world-class at something, though others disagree. In fact, maintaining expert power is a lifelong commitment. So you will need to refresh and update your knowledge continuously if you wish to remain the go-to expert in your field. How you build expertise will depend on the sector that you work in. Academic study will be necessary in some sectors, such as scientific research, for example, while practical experience will be needed in others, such as real estate, construction, or journalism. Consider how your industry operates and identifying existing experts whose lead you could follow. Then carve out an expert niche for yourself by seizing any opportunities that come your way to further expand and impart your knowledge and use these to build up and show your skill. Use information gathering to solidify your role as an expert. This involves the collection of both background information, such as trends and facts, and specific task-related information, such as a risk assessment or a quality standard. However, remember that it's not enough just to build expertise. People have to recognize your skills and to acknowledge that they need what you have. You can achieve this by following this or these six key steps. Number one, promote an image of expertise. Perceived expertise is often associated with education and experience. So make sure that colleagues know about your formal education, work experience, and accomplishments. You could display dis diplomas, licenses, and awards in your office or refer subtly to your prior education or experience at an appropriate moment. 
For example, we had a similar problem when I was chief engineer at General Electric, and we found be careful. However, not to overplay this tactic, as it could backfire if people think that you are bragging. Demonstrating your expertise can often be more effective than talking about it. Offer to mentor a coworker or to write about your area of expertise in company newsletters or blogs or on social media. Number two, maintain credibility. Once you have established your expertise, it's important to protect your position. It's all too easy to lose credibility, so avoid making careless comments about subjects that you're poorly informed on. And take care to distance yourself from projects that have a low likelihood of success. Number three, act confidently and decisively in a crisis. People like a leader who knows how to direct them when there's a problem. They'll likely associate confident, firm leadership with expert knowledge. So even if you're unsure of the best way forward, try not to express doubts or appear confused. But best of all, be prepared for a crisis so that your confidence is well-founded. Number four, keep informed. Having a firm grasp of up-to-date facts and figures is essential if you want to build and maintain your expert power. It's crucial to stay well-informed about developments within your team and your organization, as well as within you or your wider industry. Expand professional network to include high-quality connections rather than collecting a large number of passing contacts. Take the time to read relevant books, articles, journals, and blog posts, and attend conferences and events. Do whatever it takes to keep your finger on the pulse. Number five, recognize people's concerns and contributions. Being an expert means that people look to you for information and direction, but this doesn't mean that your engagement with others is one-sided. Listen carefully to your colleagues' concerns and make sure that you address their questions. Try holding learning or discussion groups with your team to exchange and expand your knowledge. Avoid threatening people's self-esteem. Being an expert can create competition or conflict with the people who need to access your knowledge. Generally, people don't like to have their status unfavorably compared with others, particularly when the gap is large and obvious. They will likely be upset by an expert who acts in a superior way and flaunts his or her expertise. Avoid this pitfall by making sure you demonstrate your expertise tactfully and take care to guard against arrogance. Use Eldred's power strategies to help you to avoid triggering any negative and demanding reactions from the rest of your team. Sharing your expertise. Be generous with your knowledge and seek out opportunities to help people grow. 
as others begin to recognize your unique, valuable expertise, they'll naturally want to tap into it. Equally, you'll spot opportunities to support them that they may not even be aware of. Your expert power can help to enable coworkers or to develop their own skills so that they can progress in their careers as you have in yours. Using your expertise in this way needn't threaten your position. The more you invest in helping the people around you, the more your professional value will grow and the more powerful your position can become. You can also test your own skills, identify gaps in your knowledge, and continue to learn by growing and engaging with this development network. Note, when sharing knowledge, use your common sense and avoid giving out any information that is commercially sensitive or that could breach confidentiality. Key point, you gain expert power when people perceive that you have a superior level of knowledge or a specialized skill that they need. It is a crucial element of effective management, but it's not limited to leaders. Anyone can have expert power. You can build up your expertise by taking the time to expand your skills and knowledge. Promote your position as an expert by developing the right image, maintaining your credibility, and acting confidently in crises situations. Keep up to date with new developments in your expert subject, but avoid threatening your colleagues' self-esteem. Instead, share your knowledge tactfully but generously, helping others to develop their own careers while continuing to learn yourself. Build an expert power. Apply this to your life. Think about a time when you had a unique specialist or rare knowledge or skills. Recall how you used your expert power. Were you sensitive about other people's feelings? Did you maintain your power or feel it ebbing away? Consider what you might do differently next time. Now, look at what opportunities you have to develop expertise in your current role. For example, are there any conferences, blogs, or forums you could access or contribute to? Are there any new projects in the pipeline that you could take the lead on? Could you become your team's resident expert on developments in your industry? Or do you have a practical skill you could teach your colleagues? Let me tell you guys, this is an excellent module. And again, I'm a man of faith. So these are the things that I know come from the heavenly realm of the higher power. You see, what are the chances that everything that I'm experiencing right now with my business, my career, my investments, is exactly what this module is all about? Because... I look at potential from the standpoint of there is enough for everybody. 
there's more than enough for everybody. If every artist I knew or every entrepreneur I knew became a CEO of their own corporation, who knows what we could do 40 years from now. Thank you all for your time. And once again, thank you for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1. I love you all. Special shout out to all my friends and family. And thank you for logging in. We'll see you on the next one, baby. I will continue to give you everything I got as I'm building this company. Because this is not just what I do. This is who I am.